This is episode 156 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 156 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Rodney Rodericks on the show today, and that name just rolls off the tongue. Rodney was a great interview. He talked all about Florida investing with me, as well as what he's doing up here in Canada. So he's a Canadian investing in the U.S., just like the podcast name from uh, Glenn Sutherland, which I highly recommend you check out, by the way, if you haven't already, if you're interested in U.S. investing. But uh, Rodney goes into it here. He's done a lot of single families down in Orlando, Florida. He talks about his strategy of what he's done, uh, how he's acquired, and then how he's used refinance dollars down there to, to grow more and more. He talks about his mentorship, the coaching that he's taken, and the things that have aligned and allowed for him to accomplish what he's done so far. Uh, Rodney works full time. So this isn't like he went full on in real estate. He's done a lot of passive investing. So it's a bit of a different flavor for this episode. It's not that aggressive burst strategy. It's more of the patience and strategic acquisitions type of strategy, which really seems to have worked for him. So it was a cool, cool conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Just before we jump into the episode, as always, I'm going to ask you to just take a moment to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or now Spotify lets you rate and review podcasts as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe and notification bell and leave me a comment. Just let me know what you think. It'll help the algorithm so more people can find this show. For those interested, I don't often mention this, but if you have already been going through the podcast and you have questions you'd like to talk to me directly about, I do offer now on my website a Ask Me Anything session. So whether it's development, whether it's real estate, whether it's Florida investing or trailer parks or anything in between, you want to go over a deal or you want to just talk general concepts, uh, I'm willing to do that. And that can be booked right through the website. It'll put it right on my calendar and we can either do a Zoom or a phone call to hopefully help get your questions answered. Now with that out of the way, I hope everyone's been following the trucker convoy and uh, hopefully we're seeing some change here in Ontario by the time this episode airs on Sunday. That will have happened yesterday. Of course, I'm recording this in advance, so I don't know what happened yesterday when you're hearing this. Let's really hope that we see a step towards freedom here in Canada. And uh, obviously, my thanks to any truckers and everyone who supported this and helped make noise about this and posted about this on their social media. Strongly encourage you, uh, speak your mind, speak your truth. I found the community here and the community that follows me on Instagram has been uh, incredibly receptive to a lot of the things that I post about, which uh, obviously we've gone tangent from real estate a few times, but it's something that I feel is important. Canada's changing, Canada's gone away from freedom, and it's really, really inspiring to see the people push back. So hopefully uh, it was a success yesterday, and hopefully they stay there as long as they need to to create the change that we need to, that, that peaceful revolution that uh, I know so many people are hoping for. So without further ado, let's jump into episode 156, which I know you're going to enjoy with Rodney Rodericks. Hello okay. and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Rodney Rodericks on the show and I just told him how much I like that name. That's a, that's a winning name. But first off, uh, Rodney, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's totally an honor to be here. I've kind of been almost a uh, a student of yours, unknown, un, like, you know, unbeknownst to you, that I watch all of your all of your recordings religiously. That's my first thing Saturday morning, Sunday morning, wake up and watch them. Uh, I owe so much to this show and to you for just kind of wanting to share everything you have. And it's my honor to be here, honestly. Well, thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. And uh, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm not even sure how we got connected. How how did uh, how did we end up booking this session here? <laughs> so I was watching your show, and uh, one of the shows you had uh, Quentin on on that uh, show, Quentin D'Souza. 
Okay. Um, so because I'm in close proximity to him, so I reached out to him and I've actually taken up mentoring with him right now. Okay. Um, and uh, of course, naturally, I had uh, wanted to connect with you as well and just to um, talk. I, I On an earlier show of yours, I had seen you talk about your investments in Florida. Okay. Uh, and how you wanted to venture there and that whole two weeks or that time, that month or something you spent over there. And I watched that interview as well with the gentleman there who does the uh, uh, the buy and refi- and uh, renovate and sell. I forget his name. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Julius. Yeah. Yes, Julius. Uh, so that kind of really got me wanting to reach out to you and talk to you about Florida because okay. I've been there for the last five years uh, and loving it. And uh, I like everything about there, the sand, the sunshine, the golf, yeah. the fishing and all of that stuff. Uh, that's why when you mentioned there that you you were looking at doing uh, working with some new builders there on the short term rentals, that's when I wanted to just kind of pick your brain and uh, see yeah. what that's all about because that's what something I'm looking at in Florida as well, and that's how I connected with you. And oh, okay, yeah, thanks for refreshing my my memory because I just booked like 17 interviews over the last <laughs> couple of weeks, so getting that bank build up before the uh, the baby comes. So that's amazing, yeah, that's uh, exciting times. I went through all of that like 10, 20 years ago, and uh, I still miss it. Though I'll tell you that it's like later. I still miss every one of those days with the kids when they were young. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to going on a ride soon. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah. So, so you've been investing for a while. You, you said Florida for five years you've been investing. Yes. Uh, so, um, it started uh, with me. Uh, so I work, uh, I've been working for the banks for ever since I came here to Canada in 1996. Um, and, uh, in 2006, almost 10 years, I met, uh, one of the colleagues that I was working with actually him and his father, uh, were looking at, uh, I guess, uh, at that time they were talking about uh, investing in Florida and then the big crash happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was 2008, 2007 and 2008. And in 2012 was when they kind of saw the market rebounding and they uh, and they jumped in there. Um, so I had been kind of talking to, again, talking to this, uh, this uh, now, he was now a friend of mine. Um, and I told him, I expressed interest in also wanting to invest uh, in Florida along with them. And uh, he said, yeah, his dad actually provides mentorship. Uh, and I know, and uh, also from watching his show, that the best way to do any of these endeavors is to get a good mentor and someone who can kind of show you mm-hmm. the ropes. So you don't, I, I'm a firm believer in not reinventing the wheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's why I joined up with uh, this friend of mine and his dad. Uh, his dad coached me. And I think it was 2016, finally, when I actually bought homes in Florida. And uh, I started off with refinancing my principal home here and uh, went shopping. And I got uh, two single-family homes there. Uh, they were both uh, uh, two bed and two washrooms. And they were just as uh, cheap as like 100 and 110,000 US dollars at that time. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And because at that time, uh, no, single-family homes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. What city? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. So it was great. So all of a sudden I was uh, an investor and a homeowner in the U.S. And at that time, um, the banks were not actually that open to giving uh, like loans or financing Canadian uh, because they had no financial history of ours, of course. But again, the advantage of having the coach was that that, uh, he actually introduced me to Canadian banks that were uh, operating out of the U.S., uh, like NatBank and Desjardins, and I think uh, RBC also does it now, and TD. Uh, but anyways, um, so mm-hmm. what they do is they actually have access to your credit uh, in Canada. Right. And uh, 
yeah, so I used those two homes as collateral, and then I was able to borrow up to 80%, and I got two more homes over that time. And uh, now fast forward to, uh, I'm actually refinancing three homes at the moment and uh, pulling out another 400,000 US because they've all appreciated by about 100%. Okay. So I'm getting about 400,000 US, which I um, intend to use as down payment uh, for uh, hoping to get at least about a, another 1.4 million loan borrowing on that. And looking at commercial and multiplexes now over there. That, of course, of course, thank you to Quentin because he's opened my eyes to multiplexes and to not go after the single homes as much. Yeah, I like Quentin's methodology of going bigger. I mean, going small, single deals. I don't know, singles, so many people say singles are good, but, you know, big ones are good too. <laughs> you did like singles forever, right? With the student rentals and all of you. Yeah. Probably have like, yeah. So. It but wasn't, it wasn't the ideal way to move. I mean, I, I built, built equity well with them because they, you know, they perform well as singles, but it's, it's not, uh, it's not the ideal. So that's why obviously I'm transitioning to, to bigger with, with like the campground now and, and, uh, the construction in the U S yeah, it's still building single homes, but, um, uh, we'll see how we can scale that up and, and go into bigger as well. So, yeah, I'm also looking at the uh, short-term rentals um, in Jacksonville. Uh, apparently, it's uh, it's it's really, really, um, I guess, uh, blooming, so to say, over there. Um, and it's it's a whole new uh, segment of uh, migrant workers that are that are uh, that are actually the uh, the ones that are staying over. Like, the, I guess they come in just to work for the weeks and the weekends uh, and rent these places they want home. Yeah. Uh, and but the only issue is the inventory. It's like it's uh, like the, the homes there are like eighty and ninety and hundred years old. So there's a lot of work you got to put into them. Right. I feel like Jacksonville is a city of many different neighborhoods because uh, I've seen some really nice, like well maintained, up, uh, newly updated areas of Jacksonville. Uh, like downtown, particularly, is is really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I know there's obviously going to be rougher areas that need more work and and uh, more money to bring them up to speed. But I, re- I truly do think that this short-term rental thing is kind of the investor's solution to cash flow in the modern age. Uh, when, when typical monthly rentals aren't, aren't cutting it, you know, you can go all over to Timbuktu or you could find a way to, uh, to optimize in your current area. Yeah. I saw that. Um, um, uh, Sorry, I want to ask, what were you doing in Jacksonville? Like, were you just there serving as to where you want to? Just driving through. Okay. <laughs> just driving through. We, we drove all the way down, right? So we drove through and stopped there and had a had dinner one night. And yeah, just kind of took a look around. It was actually pretty nice. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know it well. I've been there before too when I was younger and we went to some rough areas and I thought I had two different visions of Jacksonville in my head. <laughs> isn't that like a, a lot like Florida, even Miami, you can turn the corner and all of a sudden you really don't want to be there. And, uh, oh yeah. 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 There's, the, there's that one area in Miami where uh, they have all those murals. Like it's like that compound yeah. of all those like uh, painted murals. And we walked from a breakfast restaurant that we went to. We're like, oh, it's like literally five minute walk. So this cool little hipster breakfast place, we had breakfast. We walk down the street and all of a sudden everything's barred up. All the windows and all these houses are barred up. We thought we were going to get shanked, but uh, <laughs> we were okay. We got down there to the other end. But yeah, that's yeah, you- that's some of those bigger cities you go downtown. I mean, not really in Naples so much. Like there aren't really any um, that scary areas. Like there's areas that are less good, but I don't, I've never really seen anything that concerns me. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you'd find it in Jacksonville and Tampa, any of those places. Yeah. I, so I go to Sarasota a lot. Like I've been going there for the last five years, at least twice a year. 
mm-hmm. me and my my buddy has a place down there right on the beach uh, i love that place uh, it's uh, we go golf we go just go long weekends to so go on a friday come back on a, on a monday and uh, do the whole golfing fishing and all of that so i was actually looking at sarasota as well for like you know uh, investment but it's a smaller island and it's kind of really really priced right now so tampa is a good middle ground mm-hmm. uh, so i'm looking at tampa as well for uh, like you know for investment properties and then uh, go there occasionally. Yeah. And Tampa is like, I loosely looked at Tampa, um, you know, again, just been through kind of passing through, um, but you know, online kind of like scoping out properties and there's actually some real character properties in Tampa too. So like any, any place you can find some really nice neighborhoods and I know Tampa has them too. Uh, but yeah, that's one I would be interested in as well, but I just, you know, I kind of picked my spot and I'm going to run with that for the moment. But if you want to find Maltese, that's kind of that to me seems like one one of the better places to look it's just the cap rates are so low you know i you know you mentioned maltese and i know everybody wants them but that's the problem everybody wants them and um you know even going back to my conversation with uh who was i speaking with about this uh jeremy ivany in in chatham you know he was saying hey i can still get the triplexes but for basically forget about the 12 plexes and the 10 plexes everybody wants them the cap rates are just down to the floor um so how are you combating that as you're working with quentin how are you combating that and are you looking for multis down there i think you mentioned you were um how are you finding good deals and what do you what are your parameters to find them um so i'm um i sadly i rely on realtors to actually find the places for me i'm not Mm -hmm. really searching myself and i've I've got uh, two really good realtors working for me uh, they send me all the performers of the of the buildings, and I kind of do the math. And if I need to, I'll run it by Quentin and and see. It, it's it's actually the same methodology that you would use here. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that we go ahead over there, except that uh, like you know they're not they're not appreciating as as crazily as Ontario is right now. Uh, so you get the stability, and uh, you know what? Every three to four years, you get to refinance. Unlike in Ontario, where you can refinance every two years almost. Never uh, one year lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so that's what it is. Like I, I just because I also still have my full time job and honestly sometimes those are like eight and ten hours a day. Yeah. Uh I'm doing the mentoring with Quentin with the intention of someday being able to buy a multiplex and uh like you know, the whole BRR myself or, mm-hmm. or, or raise the the market value and all of that but honestly i don't have the time so there's nothing wrong with that though like i like that like there's something to be said about not getting into that and just you know when there's when it's a necessity to build a team you build a team and they do it for you so why not no no absolutely so i'm getting the training right now and what i decided just because i don't have that time because a lot of time going to florida right now and my and my current job uh so i'm just planning to join venture with quentin on on uh, some of the new properties he's getting he's looking for partners and i'm quite happy to just be a part of it, but not an active participant. Yeah, uh, as that someday maybe I hope to be. But is Quint- Quentin's working down in in Florida right now? He's doing stuff down there. No, no, no. I'm I'm partnering with Quentin out here in Ontario. Oh, Ontario deals. Yeah. Okay, He's buying a number of multiplexes almost every two to three months, which is great. So uh, yeah, I'm able to partner with him. Yeah, he's uh, he knows his stuff. So that's that's awesome. I got to get him back on this show. It's been a long time. I think I had him on right before the first lockdown started. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. basically two years now. <laughs> Sad to say. Yeah, uh, it's grown uh, exponentially, I'm sure, over those two years. Two years for him are like 20 years for me, probably. Oh, yeah. Broke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so since I don't often have that many Canadians who are investing in the U.S. Uh, pretty regularly, um, 
let's just kind of go back through some of the, some of the fundamentals. How did you set up your structure to be able to invest down there? So again, it's the coach, right? So um, my friend uh, and his dad uh, basically helped me. So what they do is they they so just to give you a little bit of his background, uh, when when he was deciding to invest in the U.S., he actually went and spent a whole year uh, touring different cities that he had targeted for investing. So he did all the groundwork that uh, that ideally maybe I would never have done. Uh, uh, so he did Detroit, he did Buffalo, and then finally settled on on uh, in Florida and in Orlando for uh, like you know specific reasons that uh, they've got the, a huge medical complex over there that's kind of growing a lot of people uh, population in their seniors that were only flocking to the east and west coast for vacation homes and now actually going to central Florida as well just because of uh, this this huge medical complex that's, be, that's being built there. Then you've got of course all the amusement parks that are uh, that are creating all these jobs and uh, those are constantly growing as well. COVID may have been a setback, but that's fine. I think there's something like, I forget the exact numbers now, but uh, at this time, there's something like 10,000 uh, people coming into Orlando uh, almost every every week, I think. It doesn't sound like much, but it's a lot for people that are looking for for places to rent. So yeah. so anyway, that's that's why uh, once he had gone to uh, and, and scoped out that Florida was going to be the place in Orlando, and then he set up a power team over there. So that's uh, the realtors, the uh, property manager, as well as the uh, renovators. Right. So it's great. So they find the place for me and then they'll actually send me, uh, I get a, a 200 page report uh, once we get an inspector to go and look at the premises. And uh, that report is so detailed that it has everything from how old, when was the washing machine purchased, mm-hmm. how old is the air condition. And it, it's great. So uh, six months from now, if something breaks down, I can just look at the report. Yeah, it was an old one. So it was due for a change and so on. So it's very thorough. It's very comprehensive, and basically, I just sit here and uh, e-sign papers, and I own a yeah. place, and then uh, they do the property management, which is uh, right. again finding the renters and uh, uh, renovating the place when they move, and so on. Um, I think it's just like seven percent is all that they charge for property management. That's not bad. And yeah. when was the last one you bought? Um, so the last one I bought was in uh, actually last year, twenty twenty. Okay, and what did you buy? Um, again, it was a single family home. I, I only buy the single family homes, uh, not necessarily condo. So this was a two okay. bed. Those was a little smaller one than the last one. And it was okay. just $90,000. So it was really cheap. Also uh, in Orlando. <laughs> also in Orlando. Okay. You can't even get a parking spot in, in Toronto for $90,000. That's absolutely true. You can't. Um, mm-hmm. So Reno, what would you get into on Reno on that one? Um, so this one actually did not need any rental. So it already had a renter as well in there. And okay. uh, the cash flow was the one percent, so it was nine hundred dollars a month. So you just left uh, it alone. Yeah, I just left it alone. Once they move, so I did. So I go back to one of the places that I bought in twenty sixteen. Uh, that one mm-hmm. I did have to reno, and it was it, it. It still boggles the mind when I talk about it. It was uh, to do an entire ceramic flooring for the whole uh, for the whole home, uh, to renovate the washroom. And new cabinets in the kitchen, it cost ten thousand dollars. That's not bad. <laughs> it's literally one tenth. So it cost me hundred thousand to buy what would be a million dollars over here. It cost me ten thousand to renovate what would be a hundred thousand dollar renovation yeah. here. Yeah, it's the phenomenon. That's, that's really it. Sums up why I like Florida so much. It's just <laughs> relative point price point. I mean, there's there's other reasons. I mean, of course, like 
it's so beautiful on the on the gulf coast i find like i can't imagine a day where people don't want to be down there um especially with the weather we're going through right now i wish i was there right now um, yeah my buddy that i was talking about that has a place in sarasota you literally open the back door and it's uh it's 20 steps from the ocean it's it's yeah yeah it's it's great now with being able to work from home uh all those opportunities are now there yeah grab. Oh, I got to say, I enjoyed my three months down there working, working remotely. Three months? Three months, yeah. Jordan, Jordan worked remotely as well. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, just, just being able, like, we'd leave the place and uh, we could be in 15 minutes seeing dolphins and, and like the intercoastal waterways. And um, yeah, so on the weekends, occasionally we'd rent a pontoon boat, like 200 bucks, and we'd be out like with dolphins yeah. around the, <laughs> the boat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Like, how do you beat that? Go- yeah. We go fishing and then yeah. that's what you do. That the first thing they stop you is take you and show you the dolphins that are all around yeah. the bay. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little tough it. for us because we're never out there early enough. Like you want to go early in the day to see the dolphins before the, the boats all pick up the, you know, the wake and, yeah. and uh, so, p- push them well, my, away. We, yeah. My buddy's place in Sarasota, actually the one that's on the beach, uh, mm-hmm. they, they lay out the nets every day and you can see the dolphins come and pick them out from the nets, all the fish. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to see that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so just the lifestyle down there is great. Um, and, and of course people are flocking there, you know, politically it's, it's been pretty attractive for the U S in general. It's open. So economically, like people obviously are are pretty drawn to it. So I I do see good prospects for its value in the future, uh, relative to the rest. It always just seems so underpriced. I couldn't understand it, but I guess it's because, you know, it is kind of isolated off to the side and, and there's not a whole lot of specific industry in Florida, but that's changing. Yeah, I see the prices are moving a lot. And I, yeah. I've also been looking at Houston uh, for, uh, again, investments because I have a couple of friends there that are investing in mm-hmm. uh, a, a great deals to be had there. Like, you know, uh, it's uh, priced even better than Florida, but I'm just yeah. not sure about uh, this, this big immigrant population there as well that's coming. I, I shouldn't say immigrants, they're actually yeah. coming from other states. Uh, again, a warm state and yeah. uh, zero corporate tax and Right. Like there's so many reasons to want to be there. My buddy's actually down there. Um, I chatted with him as he was kind of planning to move. So he moved from Calgary down to, uh, to Houston and, and, uh, you know, he was, he was originally going to look for a job. I'm like, man, he worked in renovations. I'm like, you are primed to just start flipping houses. So he, uh, yeah. he'd already flipped a couple in Calgary while working. I'm like, no, nah, you need to just, you need to just go into it. So that's what he's been doing. I got to get him on here, uh, to share his story, but yeah, he's constantly buying stuff down in Houston. Oh, in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and get him on here if you, if he's willing to, to share. I have, I have certain real estate friends that this guy, he was actually just a high school friend that turned it, got into real estate, but I have certain real estate friends that just don't want to, they don't want to come on the podcast. I'll, I'll ask them. Like, no, not doing it. <laughs> but, hey, some <laughs> people want to keep it private. Some people want, no, they just don't feel comfortable like being in the public eye that way, um, which I get it. Oh, but uh, no, I've, I've always had uh, like, I mean, and I've always had the, the need to want to, to share and all my friends would yeah. say to teach anything that I've always kind of learned and yeah. any way to help anyone. I'm, I'm, and watching your yeah. show has been like all like even more of an inspiration for me to kind of want there to go out and help people. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've given away a lot and the people who've come on here have given away so much and yeah, it's, it's a very helpful community it's it's uh it's really nice that people are like that you know when people are successful people want company you know they don't want to be alone in their success right <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what i tell all my one. friends yeah someday i want to 
have like this this place up in Florida, and I want all my buddies around me. Like you know, I want them. Yeah, to exactly. Like, like, don't who's going to come see you? If everybody's working yeah, all the time, <laughs> <laughs> doing Zoom conferences with them from across the world. No, so yeah, yeah, that's what that's what life yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so just bouncing back to this uh, this property that you got for ninety grand, can we like run through what those income and expenses look like? Obviously, nine hundred a month for for income. Um, but what would your taxes be on that on an annual basis? Um, so taxes are around uh, twenty two hundred, and uh, insurance on something like that, maybe a thousand. Uh, insurance is about uh, twelve hundred, is what I got, and that's for okay. like a five hundred thousand uh, liability. Oh, five hundred thousand liability. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then maintenance, I guess, for something older like that, ten percent is probably a better budget. Yeah, ten I mean, percent. 10% is only $1,080 a year. <laughs> I mean, paint can cost more than that, but... Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you can put 2000 I guess, if you just want to be. But yeah. honestly, there's not much to be done in this place. Once yeah. people move out, it's just a good paint job. And if there's some damages... Right, uh, yeah, just, just yeah. minor stuff. But there could be life cycle too, so it's not bad to, to have a little yeah. buffer there. Uh, utilities, do you pay anything or it's all the, the owner? Or the no, it's tenant? all the uh, tenant that pays it. Okay, and then management, you're paying 8%, you said? 7%. And does that inc- include releasing or you have to pay for leasing on top of that? No, if it's releasing, I pay half of the first month's rent. Okay. So we'll gross that up to just say 8%, assuming you're going to keep that yeah, tenant yeah. for a while. Um, and then so nothing for landscaping, miscellaneous, I'll just leave. Um, I, I have 500 bucks in there. We can play with this because, yeah, I know some of these numbers we're being conservative on. So what kind of mortgage did you get? On the uh... so so on this one, uh, just because it was last year, so I got like about five and a half percent. But this is the and I paid full cash for this home, uh, so oh, I'm re- yeah, so I'm refinancing it right now and bringing it over to a commercial uh, uh, mortgage, and I'm getting three percent on that. Three percent, okay. So three yeah, percent. So- Will you get eighty percent of what you paid, or is it worth more now? Uh, no, it's, uh, I think it's worth about a uh, 120 now. So I'm going to get 80% of that. Okay. 120. Yeah. Let's just look at those numbers now. So did you just use like line, line of credit money or something like that to, to pay for this? Or did you just had cash? Uh, no, at that time I re- refinanced one of the places, right? So I had the, oh, okay, so, so when I refinance, I use yeah. all of that to buy it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So when you refinance this now commercially, are you going to be at 80% or it'll be 75? No, 80%. So still 80, uh, 30 year AM or 25? Uh, 30 year. 30 year. Okay. Wow. Now you're going to have to introduce me to your commercial lender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so awesome. 3% you think? Okay. Yeah. Uh, 3.1. 3.1. 3.1. If you want to be accurate. Yeah. Okay. So assuming we believe our 20% maintenance, which I mean very well, if your air conditioner goes, you're, you're over the two grand for a year. Um, so if we if we believe that number, you're, it looks like you're slightly negative on your cash flow, like maybe eighty bucks or something. Um, yeah, obviously we've right, buffered right. in we've buffered in life cycle maintenance. Right, so. right. Yeah, so right. on a monthly you probably see a little bit of cash flow, but except for when those little expenses come up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's just the appreciation, and then of course mm-hmm. the mortgage is being paid down, right? So well, and when you get a new tenant in there, will will you see more than? Than, yes, absolutely. Uh, 900. Absolutely. So See, that's uh, the big thing, right? There's potential rent, to push yeah. it up. What, what would you say market rent is on that now? Um, I'd say it's closer to almost uh, 1,000, 1,050. Okay. So about 150 bucks more. Right. So that put, puts you into positive territory. What What are your thoughts on turning that one into an Airbnb? Um, I, so, so the 
these properties are kind of not in vacation areas, so to say. And um, I don't know about the whole migrate uh, the migrant uh, population the that are the the, the, uh, the demographic that I'm talking about for uh, for Jacksonville. I don't know whether that's applicable here, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I'm kind of taking the money out of here more and and, and exploring the whole Jacksonville uh, yeah. and even the multiplex. Uh, um, uh, okay. opportunities elsewhere. So, um, but Jacksonville would be a multiplex purchasing strategy or you'd be Airbnb strategy. In no, it would be Airbnb. Okay. So multiplex I'm looking, just like you mentioned earlier, Tampa, Tampa as well as yeah. Orlando. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can find a lot of Maltese inland too, and like weird little towns if you want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know I was, if you I was looking go at there. one place. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at one place, and it, and it was it was really it uh, it was like eight hundred sixty thousand dollars for like an eight plex. Um, yeah. which, which, and, and it was, um, I think, uh, the rents were like, uh, or the, the revenue was like $12,000 a, a month on that. It, it looked a little too good to be true, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I, I have to get more details on those because there's, there's so many of them, like in, in Tampa, uh, that's what made me focus on this. Maybe there is a good opportunity because Orlando seems yeah. to be, at least the homes are not that easy to come by now that they were in the past. So. And I'm looking at Jacksonville. And if you want to brainstorm some of these uh, deals together, I'd just be curious and see what's happening down there. So f- feel free yeah, to yeah, run I them can, by uh, me. Yeah, I can price uh, like I mean, I, I use your uh, pricing spreadsheet as well, so I can yeah. price them and send them to you to take a look at. Yeah, I mean, I'd just be curious and seeing kind of what you're looking at and, and looking at the opportunity. Um, you know, I've always had I've had these visions, and, and right before the first lockdown, I was kind of gearing up to it. I was having some conversations about starting a fund and then using it to do something like this, like get into buying larger properties, you know, larger scale than you'd ever do on your own. Um, and that is still something that I, I likely will do eventually. And, uh, you know, so, so when I see bigger stuff like this, it kind of just gets those wheels turning. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, there's an opportunity there. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, um, I play badminton and one of my buddies that I was playing with uh, last week, I just happened to mention to him and apparently he's been in the real estate market for for at least about six or seven years, and he did exactly what you just said, which is three of the three him and two other buddies got together and they pulled in their funds, and all of a sudden they've grown like three times more than I've done, uh, hmm. and they're like got commercial properties they're buying now all over in Young uh, yeah. Young and Steels and all over in Ontario. I'm like, right, because the good that. deals are out there, right? There's so many people with money that don't know what to do with it. Like that's a very common problem, especially with the people with the equity in their houses or, you know, people that have just got huge RSPs or what have you. And, um, the only way to access like registered funds like that is through something that's like actually, um, you know, a registered, a registered eligible product. Right. So I, I don't know how that will work with the U S stuff, but I suspect there's probably a way to even do it for U S stuff where it could be RSPs, TFSAs, all that stuff, uh, in a way to get that money working. And then, it's like, I just interviewed Carmen on the show. She created District REIT. So she has a real estate investment trust. And I mean, just the scale of what can be done and then what's happening to real estate values. There's just so much opportunity there in my mind. Yeah. So uh, on that same note, like uh, a lot of my friends, like honestly, I'd say 90% of my my circle of uh, friends and and family uh, are just holding on to equity in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know because they're a little hesitant uh, as to where to invest. They don't trust anybody. With me, right? With you. So, I mean, you've got to educate yeah. yourself. Like, I sure. learned everything from watching shows and, and, and educating myself. That education brings comfort, right? And that comfort then yeah. gives you um, more, uh, the exploration and all of that. Right. Yeah. 
education mitigates risk, right? That's yeah, absolutely. the Rav tour line. <laughs> Rav taught me that one, but he's right. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. You, you really shouldn't do anything if you're not educated because you could very well get yourself into hot water. Like I have, like, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's been moments where you've done things you wish you hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Have, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're, you're working on some stuff here in Canada as well. So in Canada, yeah. So I, I uh, again, through a colleague that I met uh, in around the same time, 2015, 2016, uh, she introduced me to Simple Investor. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, it's that uh, Todd Slater, basically. He's, he used to be a realtor in Mitsaga, and he opened this. So what he does is he buys townhome complexes, and he mm-hmm. converts them to senior residences. So, okay. so I had never been uh, an investor in real estate before. So sh- basically, in those days, there were properties in in Sarnia and in Listowel, all these, uh, like, you know, where people were mostly retirement folk were flocking to uh, once mm-hmm. Toronto was trying to get too expensive. Uh, yeah. And uh, literally, I bought homes there for about three homes, so like uh, between uh, $110,000 to $120,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you need to do is 20% down, and they take care of everything basically, like after, after maintenance, after uh, uh, paying your taxes, after paying your. Uh, mortgage on that property you you wind up with like 100 150 bucks in your pocket so cash okay. flow positive and five years later they've all doubled in price uh, the mortgage has been paid down whatever 25 percent uh, and you've got cash flow i mean it's great for people that want no risk in the, and he guarantees the rent so irrespective of whether there's a tenant or not he guarantees the rent mm, uh, very cool yeah so that's how i got into one day so now all those places are up for refinancing i sold one of them actually uh and it was great because I needed cash for other investments. And the other two, instead of selling them, I decided to refinance them. Uh, I can pull another 120 out of each of those places. So that gives me money to invest. And uh, um, uh, that's what I'm uh, partnering with Quentin to kind of do in Ontario. So uh, maybe another one or two just for, in my son's name for uh, with uh, Simple Investor and then yeah. with uh, Quentin. Oh, so he's been doing this for a while, Simple Investor. Yes, yes. I think about seven or eight years, yeah. eight years now, and he's bought this huge. Yeah. I think it was sixty-five thousand square foot uh, office in Burlington somewhere. So, okay. Um, What's uh, so a deal like that? What what would that look like? Is that a single family home or is it a townhome condo? The, yeah, these are all condo. Condo. These are two two bedroom, three bedroom, and even one yeah. bedroom. Uh, yeah. Uh, condos. Um, so. Um, do you um hang on, i have it somewhere here but yeah so yeah, i'll just talk off the top of my sure, head yeah. until i can find the file uh so basically i bought them for like a a hundred thousand was one of the places that i bought and this was in barber avenue these were uh, condos there okay. in listowel the town of listowel okay um so twenty thousand down uh and um mortgage on that was uh i think it was those days it was about uh Five percent, but like on an eighty thousand, I think it was at two hundred and fifty dollars interest and principal or something of like that way. It was right. really cheap. Sorry, I got it. Could just pull that up somewhere. And is that would that have been a thirty year as well? No, those were twenty twenty years at that 20, time. Or twenty five or twenty? Yeah, twenty five, twenty five years. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't looking at. And those were rented for what kind of number? Um. So the uh, sorry, one second. I'll just pull it up. Uh, okay. I should have had this up here. Um, so they, the overall rent for that, I think was $900 mm-hmm. and after they take maintenance and, uh, 
all of that. I was getting like about six hundred dollars uh, every month from each of those properties. Okay, uh, and then and then the mortgage they, payment came out of that. Yeah, the mortgage so payment would, was like two hundred and fifty dollars or yeah. some odd, and then there was uh, taxes for the property on that. Um, okay. so I wind up with like a hundred hundred fifty bucks in my pocket. Nice. After everything was paid and no maintenance at all. It's not like yeah. I'm getting a call and saying the windows have to be upgraded. No, or they do everything right. So they're guaranteeing your yeah. rent, taking care of your maintenance. Uh, yeah, yeah. For a predetermined fee or just whatever happens, they take care of it. No predetermined fee. It's always okay. Interesting. And what's the angle in it for him? Like, so he's taking something that that was one and he's condoing it out and selling off the individuals. Is that is that yeah, right? Yeah. So he's he's yeah. buying them wholesale. So he's buying the yeah. entire whole complex yeah. wholesale, getting some money renovated, and then. Maybe he gets them for like 70, 80, yeah. but he's selling them to us for like 100, 110. And then Car- he gets on the property management, right? Carmen used to do that. She used to buy up buildings and then um, get them condo and then sell off the individual units. Oh. She, uh, she loved that strategy. I don't know if you, if that's part of what he's doing, but yeah, that's the same idea. Buy it wholesale, exactly. rent out the individual units, sell them off. And, uh, you know, it's and just property managed. Yeah, exactly. Property managed, make sure it continues to, to work out. I mean, there's obviously, it's not without its headaches to do that kind of strategy for the people who do it. For the people who buy it, it hopefully is low headaches. But yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it was painless. Like too, for, for, for an introduction to the real estate uh, investing business, it was literally painless. Yeah. It still is painless. Like uh, it's just that by learning more, you, you want more yeah. bigger, bigger bang for your buck now. But for people that are hesitant, he's yeah. a great intro. Rodney, have you had bad experiences in real estate? Because it just sounds like it's all going well. <laughs> um, no, I've actually had no bad experiences yet. And I don't think I've because... had anybody who's ever said that on the show. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I just I... don't ask this. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I'm hesitant to get out. Like, land with the Quinton thing, right? I could certainly go out and I'm learning enough to go and put down on a building and get into all of that. But I'm kind of... Uh, bad habit ever so to say and i'd rather yeah. let quentin do it it, it, it takes uh, uh, something off the like you know the bottom line i'm not going to make as much as i would have but then there's a cost yeah. to that headache right and right yes. now i don't need that it's not important to me at this time if i can grow the the u.s business like honestly it's growing exponentially yeah. every three to five years and if mm-hmm. i do like where i want to be 10 years from now uh, along with that not even including like what quentin what we can achieve there mm-hmm. uh, i'm in a good place like you know i, I don't want to take on the addiction headache yeah, and I don't I don't blame you. And I think I share this on this podcast. Like I'm I'm JVing on on the first build I'm doing in Florida and giving up half the money, but I'm getting something for my money. I'm getting certainty to a certain degree. Um, you know, I, I'm and I'm getting not needing to invent the wheel. So to me, those things are all worth it. Paying for your education, and actually, I still get paid while I while I'm you know uh, learn. So um, whereas people go to university and pay to learn. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I tell everybody. Like, when, yeah. when people ask me like, why, yeah. why did you pay so much of money for a mentorship. I'm like, you know what? You can pay like upwards of hundred thousand for an MBA, and there's still no guarantee yeah. you're going to get a job or you're going to get any business case at the end. Of any, yeah, yeah. So, and I would argue there's very few, like, very few practical like skills that you can go out and actually like mod has it right away out of an MBA. Like you still have to synthesize the ideas in your head and and go learn specific strategies. Um, but yeah, a lot of general knowledge. That's one thing I'll say from from going to business school uh, that I appreciate. Are you? Did you go do your MBA as well? Well, I didn't do an MBA. I didn't no, no, MBA. I did not. No, no, I did not. I, I, I was already, I had done my schooling back uh, in Pakistan before I came okay. here. So I just jumped straight into the workforce. Well, my son's in university now and he's yeah. at uh, Laurier and I was actually telling him about your 
your interview a couple of weeks ago, the one you had where like you're thinking about whether you really want to send your son to university now yeah. after four years to to lose money and how <laughs> that was yeah. a great analogy. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, I, I really, I really do mean that. Like when it comes time and my son wants to go, if, if he does, I'm, I'm going to tell him, make him tell me why if, before I help him. <laughs> you got to so, tell so me why. why. So, so when, I, <laughs> when I told my son that he says, okay, so can I drop out now? Is, is this a good time for me to drop out? Are you convinced? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> it's your third year and I just go through it. Yeah. I mean, if you're that far in, uh, at the end of the day, I think it's just, yeah. What are you going to do with this? What's it going to do for you? I definitely think the business skills have helped me. But I mean, what, what would I have thought about this if I could have said, maybe gone to work with Quentin for three, four years and not, not had him pay me a dime and work for him for free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would that, would I have learned more doing that than I would have gone going to school? I would say I would have learned more from Quentin. Absolutely. It's invaluable. Yeah. You can't even put a, a price on that. Like, yeah. uh, and that's the reason why I kind of want to uh, get uh, one of these properties for my son now mm-hmm. uh, and then let him get into the whole refinancing and all of that, like at least the intro. Um, yeah. and who knows where it goes from here like he's got a 20 year lead on me so right yeah i just think about this i'm like man like I, I actually get to teach my son like to think outside the box like my parents were very much um you know not i'm gonna say totally in the box but my dad was a high school teacher you know my mom actually ran her own businesses so that was kind of cool but you know oh. they, they very much followed the plan so now i can actually kind of have my chance to shape a <laughs> shape a, a real <laughs> uh you know a real life person into uh Hopefully a savvy businessman. We'll see. Yeah, he's got the genes like that. That's what me. Like my, my dad uh, was never educated past uh, just mm-hmm. high school, and he was always a tradesperson. But mm-hmm. he went after every opportunity he could think of. He's always business minded, always into yeah. construction, always into renovations, and he just loved it. And I feel sometimes that's what I got uh, a bit of from him, just wanting. And it's not about like uh, like I ne- I don't do any of this for wealth. Like I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm not doing it. Like I mean, the money's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not doing it to be poor. But it's just that the drive, the drive to want to do, to succeed in whatever it like, yeah. you know, interests you. That's what it is. I mean, I'm sure you know what I mean. You're already out there and up there. So, well, it, yeah, it's, I love like just getting stuff done, like, you know, have a, have a successful project, you know, or, you know, even, even smaller stuff than that. So yeah, like anything you do, it's worth doing well. Right. So I definitely mm-hmm. feel you on that. But I mean, it goes, for me, it goes back to just if if I don't do it and I'm going to have to go work a job or something, or have somebody, you know, account for all my time and tell me where I can be and when I can eat lunch. Well, then for me, I just want, I just want to be free of that. Like to just the freedom to choose, even if I have to work hard or working for myself, that's, that's just been my drive. Now, not everybody thinks like that for me, that's just been a huge thing. I just want to be able to do. No, not, no, I, I, I yeah. agree with what you're saying completely. Like yeah. I, I'm a project manager, basically. That's what I've yeah. In. So uh, back about 10 years ago, like I was pretty senior, I had a good job, I had like 30 people mm-hmm. reporting to me, it was great, but I found the higher I go, the less work I'm doing, and I didn't really enjoy it. So yeah. I actually scaled down and I started contracting now and I just do project management because it gives me a chance to yeah. deliver something like, you know, I have something tangible that I'm working on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, then, and then that now has translated into what I'm doing with Quentin. One thing Quentin taught me, which uh, you think I would know as a project manager is to have your tasks set out for the week. And all of a sudden, I've got like 20 to 25 tasks that are accelerating all of my work in not at not not at my job, but like outside of that, once my job finishes, yeah. like I've got all these things to do just to accelerate the whole uh, refinancing, the property searches, the pricing yeah. of multiplexes and all of that. So that discipline that I'm getting has been great. Uh, like, you know, being accountable and having to answer at the end of the week, uh, okay, what did you 
uh, take off and what did you get done what did you not mm-hmm. get done what's your plan uh, that's a discipline i needed to kind of just fast track basically it's funny when it's yourself right like you know you know when you're dealing with somebody else's project the things that you need to get done but when it's your own stuff i think we all get so caught up in our own fog that we don't you know we we don't see you know the bigger picture for ourselves sometimes of course when we stop yeah. and think about it we do but how often do we stop and think about it um, we probably no, all absolutely. need to do it more <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's great so he's he's getting you working on some organization to start and and then obviously some clear goal setting yeah so uh, we're actually going through all these modules in which uh, uh, the last uh, couple of weeks has been about the different kind uh, kinds of uh, financing and funding that's that's out there and uh, learning about uh, when to take back and mm-hmm. uh, purchase and sales and just uh, sales agreements and so on. Um, it's been an interesting learn uh, yeah. work I never really thought about. Uh, and the other thing is like, there's only limited funds that I have. So learning about the other people's money and that's what right. you started. I remember watching you with Carmen back. Yeah. I don't know how old that was, but uh, where you spoke about uh, borrowing and uh, uh, I think it was pro funds and uh, yeah. getting to your student rentals and all of that. So I, I never think of money as the hard part. Money's not. The deals are are the challenging part. The good deals always find money. That's that's my thought. And, and like I said, like and I think you can agree. You know, so many people sitting on money, right? If you came to them yeah. with absolute confidence about a deal that you knew was going to make money, how many of them would open their wallets? Maybe. Yeah, I that's mean, a, that's that's a rhetorical question. I don't know exactly how many would, but yeah, somebody. I think that, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what. No, no, no. I, I yeah. think you're right, and that's what uh, Quentin has been teaching. Like, I've got to have a good yeah. uh, performer. I've got to have like you know good stats there about what I've done yeah. and be confident yeah. and uh, know that right. I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. The key thing is you have sold yourself, right? The hardest sale. I forget that there's a book called The Hardest Sale. I think, and uh, the hardest sale is yourself. If you sold yourself, you can sell anybody else. But a lot of people try and sell other people before they they themselves are sold on the product they're offering. And uh, so, if the product you're offering is you and your abilities, uh, yeah, that, that's that's thing. That's the thing. It's it could be very specific. Like I remember the first times that I raised money that way. It was a very specific deal. I came and I'm like, look, I got this. I know this is good. This is why I know this is good. And people are like, well, you're so enthusiastic about it. I, I can see that you know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so enthusiasm sells too yeah yeah no absolutely like i i i am able to to sell a lot like this because uh people tell me i'm honest and i like to be like everything's Mm -hmm. on the table for me always i have nothing to hide and i really don't want to gain on other people's uh like losses and so on so yeah i I never really thought that i was a sale uh, salesperson i never really thought i was good at sales um but i've never thought of myself as being in sales i think we should think of ourselves that way but um it's really just, yeah, telling it like it is. Like if I think something's good, why wouldn't I want to tell other people about it? And uh, if I can benefit, I'll just be transparent about that and everybody can win. Why wouldn't everybody want that? And uh, that's a great quality to have. Honestly, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When people just simplify, right? You got to demystify it. Sales isn't a big thing, right? The example, the kid kid checking out at the grocery line, asking mom for a chocolate bar. And, oh, come on, mom. Can I have a chocolate bar? Hey, if you've done that, you've done sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, not to detract. It's been nice talking to you today, uh, Rodney. I appreciate it. And um, if people wanted to connect with you, what what should we do? Where should we send yeah, I, yeah, I have an email. So um, I guess I'll put it on uh, at the end of this. Uh, um, yeah, you can R-O-D send Yeah, rodnai at hotmail.com. Okay. So yeah, just again, it's rodnai, not N-E-Y. So. Okay. What what you could do is just fire fire me an email and I'll I'll put it in yeah. the show notes. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, but I'm, 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 I want to mention also, I'm happy to help anybody. Like, you know, if they just yeah. want to know what I did, what details and how to, to, yeah. to proceed, how to start off, how to get started, I'm yeah. more than happy to help anyone. Is there anything you want to, or you would have wanted to share that we haven't talked about? No, no, just that uh, I tell everybody who's on the fence to go ahead and take that step. That's the hardest, it's that first step mm-hmm. to get over. And once you're there, once you're comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just comes automatically. You know what I'm talking about. It's just, you just... Uh, and 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 watch andrew a lot like watch all of the uh, the episodes just like he says from episode 1 and it's mm-hmm. the comfort that you need to kind of take those next steps yeah here in so many people's success stories it it just makes it seem it demystifies it right that's that's the big thing right if all these people can do it there's so many just you know we're all just average people at the end of the day like we're all you know finding our way if uh, yeah. if other people can do it you can do it that's it's the commitment the you just got to be yeah. committed you got to believe yeah no i, I agree with yeah. you totally yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's stay in touch. Let me know as you're making moves in Florida. Keep sharing those details with me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.